you're only really as good as your weakest link on any uh, machining process. Could be the machine, it could be the work holding, could be the tool. So if you try and aim for the highest standards in each of those areas, then you're on to a winner. So welcome to this week's MTV podcast, a special edition this week. Uh, the reason being that um, earlier on uh, this week, in fact on Tuesday, we had a live event happening at Fanuc UK at their um, headquarters on Anstey Park in Coventry. Now the idea of the live event was to really showcase what a BBT30 machine is capable of. And boy, did we do that. And uh, I have to say, I have the pleasure in this podcast of um, Andy Harvey from Fanuc UK joining us. Andy was behind the uh, the demonstration. He was the one that crafted it and pressed the cycle start button. Um, welcome to this podcast, Andy. Hi. Hi, Paul. Chloe. How are you, you all right? Yeah, yeah. Not too bad, thank you. Not too bad at all. You've recovered from uh, Tuesday's activities. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was pretty daunting, but... Um... Yeah, we we prepared well and everything went to, went went really well. I was very very happy with it. Good, good. Now, what we're going to do in this podcast is we're going to talk about what actually happened on Tuesday, um, some of the demonstrations that we were cutting, uh, and then of course, if our if people listening to this are interested in knowing more about what the BBT thirty Robo Drill is capable of, they can of course contact Andy or one of uh, your colleagues. I'm also joined on this podcast by Chloe Reeve. Now, Chloe joined the MTD team. Um, about three or four weeks ago yeah yeah it wasn't long ago um it's been really really an eventful time going from being an engineer to coming into asking uh, other questions on the other side so yeah i've really enjoyed it really enjoyed my time so far good good so um firstly andy talk us through the demonstrations that we actually did see uh, for those that did miss it um at fanuc on tuesday um so, yeah so we, we did three demonstrations on uh, tuesday we had um, a 10,000 RPM spindle prepped uh, robo drill. It was a medium sized robo drill, the advanced model. And we cut three demos one in aluminium 6082, uh, one in medium carbon steel, and, and then a 304 stainless steel demo at the end. So three, three different materials, but um, I think we demonstrated just the ability of the, of the robo drill to be able to, to cope with those materials more than anything. Um, and what was the, the specification on the machine that we actually used, Andy, or you actually used? So it was a it was a medium model machine, so that means it's got a, a 500 millimetres x-axis travel. Um, the three different models of RoboDrill, small, medium and large, differ only in that they have a, um, a 300, a 500 or a 700 millimetre x-axis stroke. Um, so it was a medium one, 500 millimetres in the X, 400 millimetres in the Y, and 400 in the Z axis on this machine because it was an advanced model. So, yeah. Um, what, what's, what's really interesting in here is I think amongst the MTD team, we were quite surprised at what the machines were capable of. Chloe, you, you, yourself, you, you've been on the shop floor, you've used machines, you've, um, you've, you've been involved in selling machines, but... Did you realise quite how capable? I mean, let's start with the aluminium demo that that Andy was talking about. Did you realise quite how quick these machines were? No, definitely not. And I think what was it, Andy? It was just over seven and a half minutes. Yeah, the alley was yeah seven and a half minutes ish. Yeah. And if you think about that and the size of the machine and the power of this machine in a BBT thirty, 
the amount of time in the application that it took to cut that material was absolutely outstanding. And the machine as well, doing the aluminium, the, the results on it was absolutely perfect. I mean, did you have to um, incorporate things like through spindle coolant into this, Andy? You know, how did you get rid of the swarf? What was the what was the evacuation of um, all of that, and how important was that in the in the aluminium machining? Yeah, so the the aluminium um, we did use uh, through spindle coolant on a couple of the features, probably only the drilling. I think now you've, now we're thinking about it. Yeah, we had um, had some M sixteen uh, tapped holes in there that we roll tapped. So the drill for that, we used a yeah, VDS drill from ITC that was um, through spin through coolant prep. So we used um, 70 bar through spindle coolant on that drill, which allows us to drive it, you know, about 1,600, 70 meters a minute. So, yeah. Um, but in terms of swarf evacuation, you know, as Chloe said, it removes a lot of material quite quickly. So getting rid of that swarf or getting rid of the chips from the aluminium is um is paramount to keeping the machine going so this this particular demo machine is prepared with a um a swarf management system fairly uh, an entry level management system which has wash internal coolant wash bars to to use coolant just to wash the the um, the dead areas of the machine and keep the swarf out of the way and and how applicable was some of the operations that you performed in the demo to the general marketplace, you know, what did what did you create and why did you create the demo that you did? And, and I'm upset for those because we're on this podcast. If you want to actually see um, these demonstrations, you can go to our YouTube channel, which is uh, youtube.com slash mtdcnc to watch the whole of the uh, live event. But yeah, what, what, what drove you to make this part? Well, I think, um, you know, the, the, the three parts that we cut, the aluminium, the medium carbon steel and the stainless steel were all different i'd say the aluminium was was a lot different to the in geometry wise to the to the steels uh, mainly because of the how representative the features were that we see every day in in industry you know aluminium parts enclosures tend to have like um deep pockets in them and um, lots of tapped holes so we tried to replicate some of those features on this demo piece um so we had a couple, we had two different sizes of pocket, one quite large pocket in the bottom, um, which used a 16 millimm mil just to, to rough that out. Um, but some shouldering and uh, tapping. So we used an M16 roll tap in the robo drill to, drill to tap some holes. So yeah, the the aluminium piece was, I'd say, had features on it which were um, representative of features you'd find on a on everyday sort of components throughout engineering. And I think what was great about the event that we we did is we we started with the aluminium, which I think a lot of engineers have seen your machines ripping aluminium. Like, yeah. I, you know, you, people see robo people using robo drills are are performing like what you did during the live show. But where it got really fascinating, I think, for the audience, and we've actually looked at some of the statistics from the live. Event and the two demos we're going to talk about now the the carbon steel and the stainless steel are the ones that attracted the most views okay. and, and and the most retention in terms of watching, which is no surprise because that's what we were promoting about the event. I mean, it was it was big cuts on small spindles, and that's really what we saw. Now, with the carbon steel demonstration, Andy, this was stepping up a level, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was. I mean, you you go up up a level in the hardness for sure. Um, 
and the you know your cutting tools and strategies change somewhat in the in the changeover from aluminium to steel. Um, but yeah, that's just a, another demonstration of you know you choose the right tools and the right strategies, couple them with a machine like the Robo Drill, and you can get some really good results. I think as well, Andy, with the two steels, they, they're quite similar in application, but obviously they, they've got quite different capabilities as material. And the robo drill seem to seem to go through them like, like nothing else I've seen. And obviously in the last thing that we did, we could hear the chips and you could hear the machine working and that's what people want to see. Do you think the robo drill was capable and did a good job? Absolutely. Um, we like well i really like the um the demo that on the steel and the stainless steel i mean we've we've you drilled steel before um we've done some quite good heavy cutting demos in the past we did one a couple of years ago at mac with um with the 40 mil you drilling steel um but we've never done it in stainless um so we wanted to show something a little bit different uh, we wanted to just push push the level up a notch and um show our customers and potential customers that the machine is capable of some really good metal removal rates on the harder materials. And when, when I got home on Tuesday evening, I went onto LinkedIn and saw a post from you with a, um, a, a graphic <laughs> of your heart rate uh, when you when you, put, yeah. you matched it to when you actually pressed cycle start, had you on the status. Yeah. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, I am. Um... You know, as most people do these days, we have these um, those smartwatch type things that you wear. And, um, you know, when I sometimes go running, which isn't that often at the minute, but they, they monitor your heart rate. And I downloaded the information that evening and it was, you know, bumbling along at sort of um, 60, 70, 80, 90-ish. And then about just before one o'clock when we were getting into the nitty gritty of this demo, it went up to 165. <laughs> so... Um, so I was, I guess I'm going to blame that on the cameras. It was nothing to do with the confidence in the robo drill whatsoever. <laughs> Your heart rate, Chloe, was it? Well, I was watching Andy from a distance and obviously being an applications engineer, like yeah. we, we even spoke about it, Andy, didn't we? We always, even though we've run that program 50 times through, we know it's going to work. We know the offices yeah. are going to work. You always stand there. You always get the jitters just before you press cycle start. And I don't. I presume that's. I presume that's everybody in applications yeah. uh, because you, there is something that can always go wrong. But thankfully, on the day when all the cameras were on, everything yeah. seemed to run smoothly. It did, and um, like yeah, the, there is always that that feeling. Like um, obviously, the machine was prepared. We all the G tens were set right for those billets and. But you're right, you, you only need one lapse of concentration, which to be fair, you know, in that kind of environment and when you've got cameras and people asking you questions um, is possible. Um, but, yeah, you just double check like you do any other time you press cycle start and, and um, yeah, everything was good. But... And, and for those, those engineers um, listening, Andy, uh, what, what are the challenges that you face, do you think, when you're machining stainless and and yeah, what what was it we were really trying to illustrate? Is it you know strategy? Is it machine stability? What yeah. do people struggle with when it comes to stainless steel machining? I think well, stainless stainless is a is a you know relatively tough material to to machine. Let's face it, you know it, you, you go from a mild a mild steel or a medium carbon steel to stainless. You've got that. It's the chips are different. The nature of the material is different. So you. You need to think about it in a in a subtly different way. Um, obviously, you know 
black and white speeds and feeds change they generally your cutting speeds will reduce and your feed rates to compensate but um yeah you know in terms of cutting tools like i you know i indicated on the on the video the the insert selection and um was the same for the mild steel and the uh, stainless so we just adjusted the approach and the speeds and feeds um and we were able to machine both materials very successfully with with similar tools. So, so yeah, it's um it's just a it's just a mindset and a preparation and making sure that you've dialed it in correctly. Because when you look at maybe what people may compare this BBT thirty uh, machine in demo to, let's say a, a traditional BT forty machine which may weigh four or five tons, it's a different animal to what we've got here with the Fanet machine. You're talking about a machine that's smaller, uh, a smaller footprint. It's lighter. Um, it's got a different, a, a differently configured tool changing um, system, a different spindle. So there must be some change in strategy that you have to adopt, or is the machine still as capable, even though those points I mentioned? Uh, um, you're right. I mean, it, I guess the, the bottom line is really. Could we have cut that on a on a BT40 machine? And the answer is quite categorically yes. Of course we could. Um, we could have made exactly the same part on a on a BT40. Um, but where we gain with the robo drill over and above a larger machine is the reasons you've just said. Footprint is one. So we could fit. You know, we may be able to fit two spindles into the space that one BT40 spindle might have gone. Um, we the ex- and speed and the of the tool changer and the dynamics of the machine mean that we could get around that component in the rapid moves probably a lot faster than than a, an a bt40 machine could and we can certainly tool change a lot faster so when you couple it up yes you could machine that part on a on a bt40 machine no doubt about it but could we done it and could we have done it as fast as on the bt30 Maybe, maybe not. And that's what I'm leading on to, Andy, as well. You've just spoke about, we've just spoke about the small footprint. You'd be able to do it on a BT40, but if you can get it done on a BBT30 machine and have that space in your machine shop, you've got probably more money than uh, you would do investing in a big machine, but you're still able to get those cuts and get that accuracy in your Fanet Robo drill. Yeah, exactly. You're dead right, Chloe. I mean, we've got you know we've had some examples in the past where um, thinking thinking about a twenty four thousand RPM spindle option in the Robo drill, for example, that that's a that's a really good option, um, not just for light materials like aluminiums and non ferrous stuff, but you know, if we're mold making, for example, the 31i control on the Robo drill is is a brilliant control. It's got loads of different software options on it, so we can machine some very very complex surfaces very very accurately and smoothly. But we can also remove the the excess stock from that um, quite hard tool steel, say a P20 or something along those lines. You know, we've used 25 millimeter diameter U drills in a 24k spindle to to machine holes in the corners of molds um, and then use some quite large tools to remove that stock before ramping up the RPMs with small diameter two and three millimeter ball noses to finish off. So we can do the whole lot on a robo drill. We might, you may not have had, you may have had the down low grunt in a BT40 machine to remove the stock, 
but you may not have had the increased RPM and smoothing capabilities of the robo drill to finish that mold off. Um, so we can we can perhaps look at it. You know, we might be slightly slow slower on the roofing, but if we can do the roofing and the finishing in one go on on the robo drill with minimizing the post processing, then that's all good. And and you mentioned that you got the twenty four k option as well. Could we yeah. could you have done what you did on Tuesday with the twenty four k machine? Um, not not everything. Um, the twenty four k spindle would have probably it would have performed in the aluminium better. Um, we could have machined that aluminium piece quicker, I think, with the twenty four k spindle. Um, but the twenty four k spindle has around half the torque value of the of the ten k. So the large U drilling and big eighty mil face mills on the on the steels. Um, we wouldn't have been able to machine that successfully on the 24,000 RPM spindle. We'd have had to alter our approach again, just to what we gained on the aluminium, we'd have slowed down on the steel. So it's all about compromise when you machine in different materials. I think. Um, what what the, risk is there to the, to the spindle with the way your tool changer turret, however you describe it, yep. is built and supported? When you do start hitting the harder materials, is there uh, an advanced risk over a more typically styled tool carousel? Um, how, yeah, how, how is it made, and what how does it handle what we've just seen or what we saw? Well, the the tool changer on a on a robo drill is is the um, is well, you'd say it was probably one of the best features on it. It's um, it's design how it's. The, you know, it's mechanical, fully mechanical, really. So there's there's very few parts on there to go wrong. Um, so that that gives it its reliability. But it's so simple that when when the Z axis retracts away from the work and and it goes away to tool change, it comes straight up in the Z axis. And as it as it retracts in Z, the tool changer swings into position on a cam and takes one tool out. And as it indexes picks the next tool up it's driving back down in the z-axis which is accelerating to pick the tool up and it's back down into the work again so the dead time associated with um, rapid moves and positioning during tool changes really really minimized on the robo drill so i think the tool changer is is an exceptional feature the tool changer andy is probably one that's most unique to fanuc but also what's unique to fanuc is your coding system so i think it was a 31 fanuc software yeah, 31 um, yeah yeah so explain to me how well obviously customers have the fanuc and they use the g code the manual guide i but explain to me how well the fanuc works with the robo drill and how they inter interact together well it's it, it's really good having a fanuc machine because with We've got a FANUC machine, robo drill. We've got FANUC servos, amplifiers, a FANUC control. So it's all coupled together in one place by one manufacturer. So that gives us a really good, um, really good interface between all those components. And and also, really, there's some features on the, the 31i controller on the robo drill that you wouldn't find on on other 31i B5 controls on other machine tools. Um, so Fanuc have customized that control to to fit the robo drill and giving it some really nice features to go along with it. So for a machine of the cost and size of a robo drill to have that control system on it is mind blowing. It is such a powerful control. Um, and I, again, I have to say at this point for people that did miss the event, it is on our YouTube channel. If you go to youtube.com slash MTDCNC, you'll be able to watch 
and the full hour and 20 minutes where we uh, did three demonstrations, one on aluminium, one on uh, carbon steel and one on stainless steel on the robo drill. And part of the association or collaboration was, of course, ITC. They were present on the day um, and it was their cutting tools and their tool holders that you used. What, um, how important is that aspect and what uh, does the ITC product give to or help or you know, assist in the robo drill to produce the results it did, Andy? Well, I mean, it, the um, you're only really as good as your weakest link, aren't you, on any uh, machining process, whether that be, you know, it could be the machine, it could be the work holding, could be the tool. So if you try and aim for the highest standards in each of those areas, then you're on to a winner. You've got, if you keep holding your part, we're using some good, good solid work holding. Um, you can forget about that aspect of it because you know the part's not going to move anywhere. Um, I've obviously got a lot of confidence in the robo drill and its control, so I wasn't worried about that. And with with um, ITC and um, the big Kaiser and uh, NVIDIA tooling, I really didn't have to worry about that too much either because it's just first class um obviously the robo drill has got a big plus spindle so bbt30 um we use the gauges from the shower so those that spindle nose is gauged using big big um, kaiser big to shower um gauges so if we're using gauges to from them to make the spindle nose that interface coupled with a big kaiser tool is going to be pretty much, you know, well, it's going to be perfect, isn't it? Um, the face and taper contact, and it gives that lovely, lovely increase in stiffness over a normal BT30. So, yeah, it's um, their tooling and, yeah, my new favourite, that video, the Vary Mill. Um, they did a great job, really, with uh, supplying us some wonderful tools to use. Yeah, definitely, Andy. And also, me and you talked about on the whiteboard the gauge length on the BBT30. So yeah. give me some advantages of the BBT30 over a BBT40, uh, sorry, a BT40 tool. Because the amount of power you've got, especially with that U-drill going in on that steel, was outstanding. Yeah, no, it's um, it, it takes an awful lot of torque. I mean, we're pulling almost 85% of um, spindle load um, in the stainless using that U-drill. Um, so yeah, you need a rigid interface. You need the, the tool to be held, held nice and solidly. Um, I think where the BBT aspect of it, the, the face and taper comes into its own is, um, when you're doing, when you're using larger diameter cutters or you're applying quite heavy side loads. So, um, say for example, the 80 mil, uh, face mill we used on the steel, um, you really need to support that cutting tool as big a gauge diameter as you possibly can so um you know cylindrical objects will bend um the longer they are the more they'll bend that goes up in a in a, a non-linear curve it's not exponential but it looks like that shape so the bigger diameters you can support on the better um so to have a bt30 style um size of spindle with a bbt interface gives you uh, the best of both worlds because you've got that low inertia of the size of the BT30 spindle coupled with the the large gauge diameter interface of a, of a face and taper BBT um, nut spindle nose. So you get that extra stiffness and rigidity that you wouldn't get on a, on a standard BT30. So, yeah, it's perfect. And do you think that we, we mentioned about um, the aluminium demo and how – 
how in the marketplace people were performing those types of operations and similar um, machining strategies. Do you have customers that are um, before this show that went out actually machining stainlesses, or was this just something that we were doing to show it could do it? But in reality, does it does it happen frequently? In uh... um, I think I think it it does, but not. I wouldn't say frequently. I think. I tend to find on my travels that, you know, we're machining a lot more um, softer materials, so plastics and non-ferrous is aluminiums maybe, than we are sort of ferrous materials. Uh, the rubber drill gets used an awful lot for machining um, castings, so we will find some iron castings in there. But um, components from from higher hardness steels or alloy steels and exotics is something that we see every now and then, but not so often. So I think right. I think we we want to try and open people's eyes a little bit to the fact that the robo drill can handle the harder materials and it handles it well. Um, funnily enough, I went to went out yesterday to a customer and they, and they'd, they'd seen the um, seen the footage and watched some of the MTD um, events that we, you know the, or some of the footage of the steel cutting. And I looked at two guys and one turned to the other and said, "You realise they used an eighty mil face mill on that machine?" And so. They, they were genuinely, and this I'm not just saying this, this was a, a genuine conversation I had with these two guys, one uh, both CAM programmers. So um, I think they were shocked, but they were surprised of the capability of the of, of this little, small little machine in, um, in the hard material. So it was good. It's incredible, isn't it? I mean, you know, we're, we're fortunate, uh, you know, us three being in the sort of positions that we're in where we were able to, um, you know, see it from the top really you know experiment spend the time researching. when you're on the shop floor or you're working from day to day on the business you 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 just don't get the chance to to do the things that that we did and that's really why we did that show and it's pleasing to hear that i mean in terms of its traction so far on our channels it's seen over four thousand watches i was just saying to chloe earlier it's still being watched at the rate of 50 views per hour but bearing in mind that the average view rate is around about 15 minutes as well, so it's yeah. been an it's been a tremendous uh, it's been a tremendous success, and I'm sure I'm, I'm I'm sure you know a lot more of this sort of activity, and you will see a lot more robo drills with the BBT30 spindle out in the field cutting um, stainless steel, and you'll probably also find a lot of a lot more people um, with Apple watches and having. Their, <laughs> maybe when they try but maybe that's something that you will all get used to one day yeah absolutely um but we're going to wrap this one up now andy it's been um, it's been a great week this week uh, for us working with fanet tuesday was was superb i know this podcast will probably come out in a week or two's time so um for time stamp reasons it was actually the was it the 9th of march i think yeah, that we actually it shot was, yes yeah it was the 9th of march it was a live event it's on our youtube channel um mtcnc.com slash youtube you'll be able to uh, still find it and i'm sure by the time uh, people are listening to this in a week or two's time it's probably been watched you know seven or eight thousand times and uh, i'm sure a lot more people will be speaking about it uh once again Andy, thank you very much for tuesday and today and i'm sure we'll be doing another one of those in the near future and thank no. you for joining us today i'm really looking forward to it it's been a pleasure thanks guys no problem thanks andy cheers thank mate. you chloe cheers Thank you. And that's it for this week's MTD podcast. Thanks for-
listening to the MTD podcast. If you found value in this episode, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. Find more episodes on mtdcnc.com.